Welcome back to the podcast, coming actually from my home for the first time in two years in Melbourne, Australia. Yes, I've finally exited hotel quarantine, the nightmare that was hotel quarantine, after 15 days locked away in that prison, only to return to a state that is also in a state home order, meaning I'm not allowed to leave the the place of residence, unless I want to have a, a walk. Actually, that's something I'll need to do. I'll need to look up the exact specific rules for this lockdown. And as I've been so used to lockdowns in the UK, I have no idea what the difference is um, here. With that being said, I have no reason to leave the house anyway. So as the title suggests with this podcast, we're going to be going through my flight from Adelaide through to Melbourne. So once again, flying during the pandemic, but more importantly, flying within Australia during the pandemic with now tens, well, I think it's something like, what, 18 million people locked down within Australia due to the uh, COVID cases rising. Uh, people may have questions about how on earth you flow, uh, flew, basically, from Adelaide to Melbourne. What were the processes in getting the confirmation for the flight? Was it hard to book the flight? Did you need anything? Were there border control checks and all that kind of jazz? So I've written out a lot of dot points. We're starting off uh, back at hotel quarantine. If you listen to the previous episode, Thank you very much. I hope you did enjoy it at my expense. But the previous episode was covering half of my period in hotel quarantine. That gave you the overall gist of what it was like. Um, However, I spent a further seven or eight days in there. Not much went on. I wanted to start with that, seeming we're basically going along for the past week. Eventually, we'll reach that flight. Not much went on. It's a usual process of daily phone calls from the police to confirm you are indeed alive. What I should can say now is there was actually a breach at my hotel. That's right, there was a breach at the hotel quarantine, which basically means someone escaped uh, at around, I believe, 10 p.m. local time and came back at 7 a.m. unnoticed, so they didn't even notice the person had actually escaped. I don't know how, considering there's meant to be security and police uh, man-marking that 24-7, but yeah, someone escaped. So that, w- that was pretty funny. Apparently, there was a lot of commotion um, from down like a couple of floors below me because I was so high up, I didn't hear anything. I don't know how they escaped still to this day, but they must have found a way. Apparently, they were just roaming around uh, the city of Adelaide for like nine hours during the night, um, and then they made them take another COVID test. They had already taken, for reference, about six COVID tests, and they were negative every single time. This is prior to their escape. And then upon returning back to the hotel, they were made to do another COVID test and they were negative as well. Um, but I'm not sure whether they had to spend another 14 days locked down or I, I don't know the situation with that. But that's that's something I thought I'd mention that I was pretty shocked to see uh, in the local Facebook group for the hotel. I was like, oh, there was a breach? Interesting. There's been stories I'm pretty sure you may have seen in media of people literally jumping out windows and climbing out windows and sailing down the windows Uh, which is probably why my window basically didn't open. Another funny thing, um, my meals, I wasn't really able to eat. A lot of them were Asian foods, and I wasn't sure if there were going to be peanuts or not in them, even though they claimed there wasn't. I just simply didn't trust them enough, especially when I have no idea. They don't actually explain what the meal is. They just sort of give it to you. Um, Well, what was I going to say? So I thought it was quite funny when I got a Facebook notification saying, Hi, your meal is coming now. Um, they, all they said was it's soup and the nerve, the absolute nerve of this hotel. They said to me, they said to everyone, pardon me, today it's soup due to the cold weather. Now, if you've been looking and following my Twitter, which I'd highly recommend doing so, I was posting a lot of updates on how hotel quarantine was. And if you've seen a specific image, you will see that the window opens about a nail, a fingernail. It basically opens. And, um, 
So there's no, there's no way you can get an indication of how hot or cold it is outside. The only way you can you could feel at the time how hot and cold it was is by adjusting the air conditioner or heater. It's like a boxed unit that you just up and down. So that was the only way I could do it. There's no way I could tell if it was cold or warm outside. On top of that, it was actually 21 degrees. And I was like, due to the cold weather, I'm like, 21 degrees isn't hot. 21 degrees where I was was short and t-shirt weather. I just thought that was funny. I was like, you're telling me it's cold outside, but I mean, I can't get any fresh air. So the entire thing was a mess. I, once again, missed so many different meals because they claimed there were peanuts in them. Um, breakfast was my favorite sort of set of meals for the entirety of my stay. Um, but then it sort of got worse and worse to the point where they wouldn't even give me any sort of main in the breakfast. They would give me like a piece of fruit, some juice, and uh, sometimes a little tub of yogurt. But I would miss, say, the main, whether that be eggs, sausages, bacon, whatever it may be. Um, they simply just wouldn't give it to me, especially once when I had uh, croissants. So I got served croissants on day seven. The croissants had ham and cheese in them, okay? Then on day 12 or 13, I was also meant to get croissants and they never arrived. So I called hotel reception. I'm like, where are my croissants? And they were like, oh, oh, we'll call you and tell you something soon. 50 minutes later, I still hadn't got a call. We're now nearing like midday sort of thing and I still haven't gotten my breakfast properly. So I called them up again and then the lady's like, oh, well, I called you twice. I never got a phone call. And then she said, oh, dear, the chef said that the croissants had peanuts or had traces of peanuts in them. Um, so they couldn't give me the croissants. And I was like, but I was served the croissants five days ago. The exact same, like verbatim, the exact same meal. Verbatim. The, it was meant to be the, it was the exact same juice, yogurt, it, verbatim. Also, pardon me regarding that notification. I'll have to close WhatsApp. Um, yeah, verbatim, it was the exact same meal. But this time they couldn't give me the um, the food, the croissants. And I was like, but, but how... Of all the meals, right, so I've been served Asian dishes, I've been served noodles with uh, almonds, I was served so many different things that if you're looking at it from a standpoint of what one may have peanuts, I feel like you're more inclined to be like, maybe we shouldn't serve him the Chinese food over a croissant, especially because I've eaten croissants all my life, do you know what I mean? Like, I like croissants. So I kept trying to say, I'm like, yeah, but I've had croissants, you know, he's like, oh no, there might be a thing, but then why did you have no concern for my health and safety five days ago when you served me the same meal. So I figure they just forgot to put it in my thing. I missed out on a lot of pastries, which were just meant to have um, ham in them. I missed out on pastries because, again, they deemed that there were peanuts in them and they, they don't replace the meals. So because I have a peanut allergy, they basically just take stuff out. So I lived off Uber Eats that entire time. I was eating a Subway like every second day because I couldn't eat any of the meals, which was really, really frustrating, to be completely honest. Um, but it is what it is. We're out now. Come the final day... Oh, and the amount of COVID tests I did. I was lucky enough that I had a lot of nice people doing the COVID tests. But a guy came up on day 13 and literally, up my nose, shoved it with, like, force. And I had a headache for, like, six hours after and didn't feel good because I've never seen someone with such force. It was... I know I know it's they're doing it to, like, 700 people, so they've got to be quick, but it's like, come on. And then he took it out and he's like, yeah, not good, shoves it and just shoves it again in my nostril. And I was like, ow really really hurt so that wasn't that wasn't fun but the amount of covid tests i did were not pleasant either i was negative for all of them that's why i'm here today able to do this podcast not in hotel quarantine uh on day 15 is when i was allowed to leave so i left at 9 30 in the morning um basically the person comes up with the trolley thankfully this time they actually let me have a trolley and didn't say man up take 50 kilos of bags yourself down 
So it was nice that I was able to have a trolley this time. Uh, they took me down in the elevator. They gave me a form, which was basically proof that I had done hotel quarantine. Um, this is this is interesting. So please remember for this entire process, remember that form. Remember me mentioning that I ha- had a form that confirmed I'd done hotel quarantine and it had all my negative tests, which is crucial to be to basically fly. Uh, I've managed to get a taxi, which once again is not put on by the uh, the hotel. So I've got it. So I not only am I paying three thousand dollars, and they bust you there, and then they're like, "Yeah, you can do your onward travel." That's what I hate. I really don't like that because it's so expensive already, and I just feel like it. It was only I know it was not that much of an expensive taxi, but I just feel like, come on. If my onward travel is to the airport, which fun fact, basically everyone leaving the same day as me was heading to the airport. Half of my flight were the people in hotel quarantine. So I just feel like it'd be, or even a shuttle and get everyone to leave it. No, never mind. We weren't allowed to leave at the same time because of social distancing, despite us all testing negative. It is a, it's been an entire joke. Either way, uh, the processing was going to the police. They, they confirmed that I was negative and stuff. And then they're like, all right, bye bye. And then you, I had to stand outside the hotel and wait for a taxi to show up. Got in the taxi, it was about a 20-minute journey, or maybe like 15 minutes to the airport. I'd say, I'd say one thing that I've noticed, it's very, very sad going into an airport in Australia at the moment. Very, very sad. It, it just looks like a ghost town, which cannot be the same, which cannot be said for Heathrow, because when I went to Heathrow, it was packed. I went to a pub to have my breakfast, and there was not a spare seat. Uh, I was in Terminal 5 at Heathrow. That's where Qatar is based at the moment. So it was packed. Um, and that's not even at full capacity yet. There were a lot of gates that were shut and so forth. But it was still very, very busy. Which, again, Adelaide Airport was literally deserted. I'm aware Adelaide Airport is not a incredibly busy airport to begin with. It's not, say, Sydney or Melbourne. But it was so dead. There was maybe 30 people in the terminal at the one time, like passengers. And this was just at the check-in. So I walked to check-in. I was fully expecting my bags to be uh, over. They were. So I had to pay for an additional baggage. For anyone that is curious how expensive it was for me to get back to Melbourne just from Adelaide, it cost me $400 for that flight and the baggage. Uh, so that's 400 Australian dollars. That might be like 250 No, Hang on, how much is it USD? I wouldn't know how much USD, but it was around $400. And... Um, you probably are like, that's a lot of money. And it is. If I was to also say that I had to pay $400 because Qatar cancelled me to my original destination, it makes it even worse. Um, that's what. That's something that has not sat well with me. They basically, they've can, they cancelled me like 10 times and rescheduled me 10 times. And yeah, I still got my flight back, but then they put me in the wrong state. And then I get it at the same time, but at the very same time, I spent over $3,000 for my Qatar Airways flight back. Um, and it was just kind of like a bit of a kick in the face when then you've got to spend another $400 just to get to your original destination because they put you somewhere else. So that was frustrating. But honestly, the baggage, I think it was maybe like 200 plus for the baggage for the kilos I was over. And this is despite me buying the most upgraded ticket um, I could for Jetstar. So I was flying with Jetstar on an A320. I bought the most upscaled ticket there was, which I would never do. I would always buy the cheapest, but I bought, I got exit row seats. I got food on board because I needed as, as many kilograms as I could for my baggage and I still didn't have enough. So I had to pay $200 and it was funny. The check-in lady who was very, very helpful, um, 
Jetstar honestly were really, really good. Compared to Qatar Airways, Jetstar was so clear of them. I had a brilliant experience with them. They were super fast, super understanding. Um, they were very understanding at the fact that I had extra baggage and like, I explained my situation and they were like, that's fine, we can sort it. They gave me better ideas. I could go, I could have had a cheaper add-on baggage if I had bought a something for carry-on, but then I would have had to empty out my suitcase in the airport and I had no more bags. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Carry around like a keyboard on the plane. It was, it was a bit messy. Uh, with that regard, so I didn't, I didn't do that. I just paid the the fare. But she was, she was so helpful, and it was very, very funny because she was like, "Oh, uh, why, why are you so okay with paying two hundred dollars?" Because on the surface, right, if you're listening to this, you're probably like two hundred dollars for additional baggage. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a lot of money, two hundred dollars. And I was just, I was happily giving up my two hundred dollars, and uh. And I don't think she understood, and I wouldn't blame anyone for not understanding, but I actually paid $1,100 for my additional baggage with Qatar for the same amount. For the exact same amount of baggage, I paid $1,100 with Qatar Airways, and I paid 200 or something with Jetstar. So, you know, when I, I was expecting to pay like $800 uh, additional baggage with Jetstar. So for me personally, I was absolutely stoked at uh, only paying $200 because I thought it'd be very, very bad. But it wasn't, so that's a huge positive. Paid that, went through security. As per usual, I got checked if I had bomb, uh, bombed the bomb swabs through my bag and myself. I always get that happening to me. That being said, every single person got the bomb squad on them because it was so empty. So basically, when they processed me, that only then was the next person coming through security, if that makes sense. Um, Let me think. Again, what's a very notable thing, if anyone's been through Adelaide Airport, I don't know if it's been like this for, say, a month or three months, but I would definitely say it's probably been like this since the emergence of the pandemic. Every three shops in a row are shut, one shop's open. Five shops are closed, one shop's open. It's very sad. It's very, very sad to see. This was similar... Well, was it similar to Heathrow? Uh... Despite leaving from Terminal 5, I had to get the little underground tube train thing that transports you underneath the taxiways and so forth. So a lot of the stuff was shut in those other terminals, but uh, Adelaide was just deserted. And the same for Melbourne. Upon landing in Melbourne, every single amenity was just shut. The McDonald's that I actually worked at for a few months was shut in the airport. All your news agencies shut. Um, WH Smith was open. There was a Lego store open and a perf- uh, a makeup and perfume store. And I think like a little breakfast bar. Those were the only things that were open in the entire terminal from what I could see. And we're looking at like, to think of all the other shops. Oh, there may have been like one or two wine and like alcohol stores. But other than that, it was just deserted. And it just, it felt really sickening. Um, I've been to many different airports around the world and usually they're packed and there are people everywhere. And and this wasn't even just a quiet period. We're looking middle of the day, morning, and it was just deserted. And I think it's it's really... It, it, it's, it, it's, it's one of those things of you realise that it's not just the UK that was feeling the effects of COVID. Um, this can be especially noted upon me taxiing out, which I'll get to. Boarding process was really fine. Fun fact, my backpack was over the kilos allowed. It was eight kilos and they um, only allowed seven on board. And the lady was very nice and she just let me go. She just said, next time, you know, have it so it doesn't go over. And I'm like, sure. But, um, and I, once again, I, I got that basically by explaining my situation of I've come from London. <laughs> I've been in hotel quarantine. I've, 
and I think she also checked my ticket and saw that I'd paid like a ridiculous fee to get on board this flight. And I think she was like, just, it's all good. So I was happy about that because I swear if I had been made to pay additional baggage on my backpack, I think I may have just collapsed and been like, you know what? Just take me back to London. I can't, I can't be asked. I'll just actually just keep me in hotel quarantine, you know, just, I think that would have been it. My bank account has taken enough of a hit to the point where it's nearly hit five digits taken away just to try and get home five digits almost i think it's around five digits so that's ten thousand to get back from london so you know it's my bank account is absolutely destroyed so i think any additional fee i would have just broke down and be like please no um like i said boarding was very very good my flight for people that are curious was about less than a quarter full there was maybe only like 30 people on board which was very similar to my qatar airways flight what i wanted to point out uh, in adelaide airport was uh border processing upon arrival there are a lot there's uh, little desks with like laptops and computers and monitors and that's where all the police are and basically they do border checks they check your passport identification where you're coming from and your permit because to travel around australia you need a permit uh i'm not sure I'm not 100% sure how it works because, like I said, I've only just gotten back into this country and I don't really know how life has been here. But I needed a permit to get into Victoria. Victoria is in a... Well, Melbourne's in a lockdown, which is where I was headed. And um, But I was coming from Adelaide and thank God South Australia is classed as green. So just pretend it's like the UK tier list uh, and the colour, the traffic light system, pardon me. I was coming from green, which means I was allowed to enter without quarantining. In saying that, I've still got to quarantine because it's a lockdown. But you know what I'm sort of saying? That it's not like I have to go into hotel quarantine because I'm coming from a red place or I'm coming internationally. So I was looking at what was going on at Adelaide Airport and I was fully personally expecting that I was going to have the same degree of, you know, checks back in Melbourne. This this is especially the case because I knew I was traveling. I just come out of hotel quarantine. So to me personally, especially when if you see the media, the way that we are perceived is not very good. Um, as I've documented, I've documented it too many times on this podcast and I know people are sick of it. But as an Australian that was overseas, even before the pandemic and during the pandemic, we're not looked at that great. In fact, we're hated by quite a lot of people. The media hates us. The politicians hate us. The politicians blame us instead of themselves. That's essentially what has been going on. I'm not going to get into too many politics, but it, it, it definitely involves me and we're not looked at in the best light. It's it, We're looked at as in we abandoned Australia for going before the pandemic and not being able to come home. Because basically, for reference, Australia gave us a five-day window to get back when the pandemic first hit. So we're talking March 2020. That's when we were given a short window to come back home. Now, I'm sure there's probably... I think a lot of adults listen to this podcast, and maybe you may be, say, a teenager as well, and you also understand this. If there's anyone younger, then you may not completely get it, but... When you rent a place, you, you need somewhere to live, you have a job, you rent a place, It's you have contracts you need to sign. There's contractual agreements in place for set dates you're allowed to leave. You have Wi-Fi, electricity, other bills, and they all have expiration dates. And if you want to get out of that, it's a lot of money or you're sort of in a position where you can't exit the contract unless you want to pay a, a ridiculous absorbent fee. So Australia gave us five days with a couple days notice to leave. Now, if you're on holiday, that is very, very easy to do. If you are living there permanently, it is not 
it is not easy to do because I had only I was only seven months into my um rental agreement. So if I wanted to leave, I'd be looking at tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars to come back in five days. And I'm not even someone that had a job. You know, I work for myself, which means it's very easy for me to pack up my life and move anywhere. Like I could work in South Africa. I could work in Canada. I could work in the UK. It doesn't really matter. Um, but obviously when you're talking contracts and Wi-Fi and phone numbers and just billing, it's impossible to leave. And because I wasn't able to leave in those five days, along with a lot of other people all around the world, not just in the UK, we're now perceived as it was our choice and we abandoned, which is true. It was my choice not to come home, but I wasn't able to. Some people were, but I wasn't able to. And then from there, it's been hell on earth. And, and from there, we've been blamed for everything. So I was fully expecting to be checked massively upon trying to enter Victoria. And that didn't happen. Uh, the flight was a short 54-minute flight. It was very, very smooth, very nice. I had no problem. Staff were nice. I got a $10 voucher included in my ticket because I spent so much money. I got a nice $10 voucher, which got me an absolutely succulent meal. An absolutely succulent meal. I think it was one of the best meals I've had. I got four crackers that were the size of a coin and four little pieces of cheese succulent meal that was my that was my that was what my ten dollar voucher aboard jetstar got me (laughs) very very funny i was like they said to me um you get ten dollars what do you want i'm like what does even ten dollars get me like well you can have crackers and cheese i'm like okay i'll have my crackers and cheese Uh, upon arrival it was we we were boarded we got off the plane by stairs and uh upon arrival we entered into it and i was expecting to see all computers and everything but there wasn't there was actually just um, like four officials standing there. And uh, if we track back to the beginning of the podcast, you'll hear me, you will have heard me say, remember that quarantine paper I was telling you about, which proved that I was in quarantine and also proved that I had multiple negative tests. The thing that is so crucial to, to confirm that I'm actually negative and I don't have COVID-19. Well, I got that out and she's like, can I see a passport? Like just to confirm your identity. And I was like, Sure, you can see my passport. So I showed her my passport, and uh, she's like, can I see your permit? I showed her for five seconds. She didn't see, even look at the QR code, which... This is this is the thing, right? I'm not going to... I'm not going to say you should be doing this, but it's so easy to fake these, these permits. When I travelled to Portugal, they wanted a COVID negative test, and all they looked at was a written thing that said I was negative. They didn't look at a QR code. They didn't look at anything else. I'm like, but... That is so easy for me. Not that I would ever do such a thing, but it's so easy to just make a fake document claiming a negative. There's so many flaws in the system. It's actually incredible. And I think you don't really see that until you go flying. And when you go flying, you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you're actually kidding me. I've done all these paperwork. And you know what's funny? What do you think was the one thing they didn't ask for? They had no interest in seeing and they didn't ask for at all. My hotel quarantine papers proving I was negative. They had no interest in seeing that at all. No no interest in seeing that I was negative. I tested six times negative. I'm like, I've come from Adelaide, but I was in London, you know, like I was sort of saying, you know, I'm from a different from a different country. I came from a different country. Maybe you want to judge me a little bit different to someone and she's like, eh, off you go. My parents were there as well. So I haven't seen my parents in twenty months now. Well, I've seen them this morning, but you know what I mean? I haven't seen them in 20 months prior. They weren't allowed to enter the airport, but they did get in. And I was greeted by my mum, who had a huge custom-made sign. 
a huge custom-made sign welcoming me home. She was running up and down the term, like the, the terminal. I was, I was doing like a snake to get to the border control people. She was running up and down with the sign screaming and all the border control were laughing at me and her. So that was funny. Uh, baggage was easy. The bags were right there by the time I made it down. Like I said, the entire process wasn't that difficult, honestly. Compared to what I've dealt with when I was trying to come back from London, I didn't find this difficult at all. That being said, I feel like my my view is definitely shifted. I think this would have been very stressful for me had I not dealt with everything coming back. But honestly, I would give Jetstar a 10 out of 10. I'm very easily... Well, that's not true. I'm not easily pleased, but I'm when I like something, I like something. And for me, Jetstar were flawless. I had absolutely no problems. We left on time. We arrived early. They were easy with the bags. They were very, very kind and understanding. Boarding was easy. Boarding was smooth. Cabin crew were nice. Can't be said for any of Qatar, but I really, really enjoyed my flight with Jetstar. I've flown them before. Actually, that's a reminder. I need to do my flight radar after this, which should be linked somewhere in the show notes if you want to see a comprehensive look at all the flights I've taken. I need to input the new the new flights before I forget. The only downside from the entire thing is I didn't get a boarding pass. I only got an e-ticket. E-tickets are handy if you're going anywhere, but I like collecting tickets. I have a bunch of tickets in my room right now and bag tags and stuff like that from my travels. Um, I especially really like collecting football tickets as well. So when you get an e-ticket, it's a bit like, oh, is there a way I can get a boarding pass? But no, unfortunately not in the COVID world. And I think we're definitely moving towards e-tickets as a way for the future, which means the tickets I have will be very valuable to me because I'll look back in 20 years and be like, damn, there were tickets. <laughs> Makes you feel, It will make you feel old. And especially it'll be a callback to the pandemic, that's for sure. Uh, let me just think what else there is really to say. Let me go through my notes, um, see if I haven't covered anything. Oh, yeah. So basically arriving back home, I was greeted by 800 balloons. If you've had a look at, uh, what is it, um, Discord or my Twitter, you will have seen. But there, there was 800 balloons in my bedroom and home upon arrival. My parents have been buying balloons on and off for the past two years, planning my arrival back home. My my two rooms, so my office and also my sleeping area, uh, basically had floor-to-ceiling worth of balloons. So for the past day, I've been popping them and picking them up, and uh, I think I spent two hours... Uh, on my knees, basically, picking up... And there's still scraps that I need to um, sort out of all balloon stuff. It's a complete nightmare. For people that are in the Discord server, I should just mention this is once again being live-streamed in the Discord server. So if you want sort of a behind-the-scenes look or you want to be join in, interactive, where I'll eventually do Q&As and so forth, this is definitely the best place to be. be. And, I mean, we have a community of nearly 4,000. So, I, I mean, why not join? Um... I will be sending a picture of the balloons there, but otherwise you can just have a look at my Twitter and you'll be able to see as well. But for people that are in the server, you'll be able to see now the balloons in my bedroom. And uh, yeah, so 800 balloons, basically floor to ceiling. It, it was a complete and utter mess to deal with. And I had to, uh, I had to pop everything. <laughs> But it was a nice welcome. It was a very nice welcome. And one of the main takeaways is I have a Baby Yoda balloon, which is sitting at my desk. So I like that one a lot. Um, 
one of the worst things about moving if anyone's moved before is if you have a setup trying to set that back up oh it's been it's been hell on earth i'm uh, i was meant to record this podcast a day before and i couldn't i just couldn't do it because my microphone wasn't working i didn't have the cable that i required and then my usb hub has basically been crapping itself on a consistent basis it it can't sustain all the usb ports all of a sudden my monitors weren't switching on properly my microphone wasn't getting an input and wasn't getting signal my external hard drive so basically i started work this uh when i woke up a couple of hours ago and then my external hard drive wasn't registering that it was even on and i couldn't access final cut pro it's just so so annoying and to be honest my room is uh, literally looks like an atomic bomb went off in it so I need to now go about sorting all that out. What I should say is, uh, on, a, on a personal news, it's just something that's fun for me. I actually have my PlayStation now in my room because uh, my dad used to use my desk to work during the peak of the pandemic. I say the peak, not like Australia's going through the peak right now, but let's just say when the COVID first started and he was working from home, he used my office and in his spare time he played on the PlayStation and that's still here now. And for those that are listening that love Formula One, I actually purchased, just before when I was in the UK, I purchased F1 2021 for my PlayStation. Um, So I have that now. So that's something I can play in my spare time when I'm not working. I just switch on a small monitor and I can play F1. So that's really fun. I'm excited to do that. In fact, I'm probably going to do that uh, after I sort out this podcast. No, never mind. I need to clean up my room. Because, you may be like, why do you need to clean up your room? Because in T-minus 10 hours, our new family dog's arriving. So, I need to clean up my room so he doesn't eat anything. It's been a long time since I've had a family dog. um, Because I I had a dog when I was from 4 to the ages of 16. I had a Labrador. And that Labrador was literally my rock. Um, He got me through all high school. I didn't have a fun high school. There was a lot of bullying unfortunately i'm sure a lot of people can relate so it wasn't like i had friends so my dog was literally my everything to me um and there hasn't been sort of a pet since it's just been i had fish but it doesn't really count does it and they got eaten by snails true story uh people are probably gonna be like what yeah we got snails to clean the tub and then i think pretty sure the snails ate the fish somehow i don't know how i still to this day don't know how I really don't know how, and it was pretty tragic, because I was like, oh, where the fish gone? And they've not actually, they didn't escape, they just <laughs> disappeared. Um, very, very, very weird, and then uh, my fish's names were, see if you can get the reference, Luke, Darth, and Anakin. See if you can put two and two together of the reference for my fish names. Um, but yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars is someone in the Discord server just guessed. Uh forever in our hearts i don't even know when i had them to be honest it was a very 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 probably like late 2000s god that feels like i feel like saying that now i'm like 50 late 2000s because we're in the 2020s now um but yeah probably like when i was seven which may have been 2007 type of thing because i was born in 2000 so yeah other than that it was only really the labrador but yeah so the family dog's arriving in 10 hours I'm very, very excited because it's a sausage dog, and I love sausage dogs so much. Sausage dogs are literally awesome. (laughs) So I'm very, very excited to have him arrive. Um, And we had to, we've had to set up, well, my parents have been setting up the house. We have like, oh, it's so cute. Because if you compare a Labrador to a sausage dog, there's a huge difference. A Labrador is huge. We've had to buy ramps so our sausage dog can get up on the couch. 
it's so cute it's like i've just i can i'll take a picture somewhere and put it on one of my um social medias but uh yeah he's got a ramp so he can get up on the beds if he wants to get on the bed with people we need a ramp so we can go down the stairs got to carry him everywhere because he's only like 10 weeks old i believe he's only 10 weeks old so um he's very very small and we got some videos i got sent some videos while i was asleep that i will put in the discord server once again of him running around I love how sausage dogs run. It's <laughs> so cute. So we have a huge backyard. So I'm very excited to see him running around the backyard uh, and just being uh, full of energy. So that's exciting. Um, other than that, I'm not really sure what else. Are there any other updates? I'm looking at getting dual citizenship with Italy. That's just something I'm trying to figure out. I'm pretty sure I can get it, but we've already inquired to uh, the Italian authorities and stuff like that. So dual citizenship, that's quite cool. Uh, the main reason for that is because that will give me benefits to living in Europe and the UK, because that's where I want to be. Um, so that may be give, give me more options when it comes to visas in the United Kingdom, which is where I'm headed back anyway. But if I can get the dual citizenship, then it makes things a lot easier. Uh, what else? Updates. Unfortunately, I feel like the podcasts are going to become quite boring because I'm not leaving the house. I don't have any friends in Australia, so I don't like have any. I don't have anyone to go and see. There's, I'm not allowed to leave the house. It's not like I can go to sporting events. We're basically locked down. So I feel like the podcast is going to be more again. You know what, what's happened in the week, as in for work. Maybe some aviation talk, which probably for people that enjoy more aviation stuff, you're going to probably enjoy the podcast. But personally, I like the podcast to just talk about stuff. So from that standpoint, I wouldn't say they'll be that exciting. But maybe I can try and find other things to talk about, whether it be having... Oh, yeah, I still need to do movie reviews. So maybe there can be movie reviews, maybe there can be TV show reviews, and just to keep it a little bit personal at the same time. But other than that, I think that may be it. That's going to wrap up this podcast. I mean, it's pretty good. We just got over half an hour. Usually I'm around the 40-minute mark, but this, this podcast never was going to have that much substance to it, especially because um, it was only a domestic flight. It's totally different when we're looking at flying from London to Melbourne. There was definitely a lot to cover, but for this, it was just, you know, 50-minute flight. What's there to say? Take off, smooth. Landing, smooth. Get some crackers and cheese, and then that's it. So it's not that eventful. The The main events are all the border processing and, and so forth, and that's only really made possible, I wouldn't even say thanks to, but sadly, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, but yeah, thank you very much to everyone that listens to the podcast. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. Since I've said that they're back on Apple Podcasts, we're getting more people listening again. So it's nice to see that people are enjoying. Um, and again, uh, the people that listen on SoundCloud, those numbers are also sort of growing at nice rates. So like I said, we're never going to have like 50,000 people listening to a podcast. But for the people that listen, I do hope you enjoy it. And I hope whether it be someone's driving and they're listening or they're doing studying or I've people have listened to my podcast on planes. So however you listen and consume it, thank you very much. I definitely appreciate it. Like I'll always say, if you want to review the show, you can, there should be ways you can review it on Apple podcasts. Um, you're more than welcome to do so. If, if it's a written review, I will read out the review, but if it's one of those ones where it's just like, you just put the stars in, then I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm not going to know who you are. Because it's, I'm pretty sure that's anonymous. From me doing it with other podcasts I enjoy, that's anonymous. So if you want to do a written review, I would be more than happy to give you a shout out at the start of the next podcast. But until then, be safe. Take care. Uh, oh, yeah. Thanks for 10,000 subscribers on my second channel. We hit that as well, DJ's Transport. So I, I'd really appreciate the support on that channel. 
And uh, yeah, be safe, like I always said. I'm pretty sure I'll still be in lockdown whenever the next podcast comes out. Uh, But yeah, thanks for listening. If you have any questions, once again, with regards to flying during a pandemic, if you need any help whatsoever, whether it be trying to travel internationally or get home from Australia, I mean, to Australia, if you're inter- if you're overseas and you're trying to get home from Australia and you're listening to this, please do email me. My email is contactdjsaviation at gmail.com, but I should have it in the show notes. Just flick me an email and I'm more than happy to help. Unfortunately, there's only so much I can do, but maybe I can offer some advice, what to avoid, what you need to do. Otherwise, just go back and listen to the previous podcasts and there's lots of advice because I do know that a lot of people that have been listening are actually people overseas that are stranded. They're using this to sort of get a better understanding and I guess resonate with someone. So yeah, if you need any help, be sure to be sure to contact me. Thanks once again and I will see you next week, hopefully for the next podcast. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the DJ's Aviation Podcast. If you haven't already, feel free to follow my socials, being that of YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the DJ's Aviation Branding. If you're interested in seeing my large collection of car, transport, aviation, and natural landscape photography, you can check me out on Flickr. Interested maybe in also joining a Discord community with thousands of members? You can do so with the vanity URL of discord.gg forward slash aviation. We'd certainly love to see you there. Until the next podcast, be safe and take care.